previously on the Dave and Steve show. A young kid should have just changed that sign to read "Eaten Ass," but nobody <laughs> did. And uh, and I I, was, I remember just driving through that town so disgusted. I have strong napping genes, meaning that I can nap anywhere. I... You got it in the butt, damn. Steve and I knew a girl in high school. Uh, no, Tracy. Before anything else, <clears throat> I wanted to find out. <laughs> you caught that, Steve. <laughs> I believe that no shits will be given where they say it got no bottom. Say it, say take it, it down to hell, over in the bushes, hand off to the right. Two men talking in the pale moonlight. You know, mom, we hear you. We have the candles and the yep. whole thing. And she comes and visits. And then, then when we blow out the candles and put the put the chairs back in the garage, she's gone. I'll tell you exactly what I don't understand about cryptocurrency. And that is literally everything. Johnson, everybody's having the sex. <laughs> and we got to stop it. I, I, I'm cramming a lot of that in. I may be able to talk about it some, someday. Yeah, keep cramming it in. Two entry fees is stupid. I knew a girl in high school was exactly Stop the it. same way. Stop it. Yeah. There's different ways to get better. I feel like we've streamlined sucking. Show number 81 of the Dave and Steve show. I am Dave sitting right alongside me a mere 27 miles away is Steve. Now with better internet. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. I laid out the challenge to be angry about anything and I think I can do it. We were saying just before we went on the air, Tracy's a little salty tonight. We're going to get to that in a moment. Uh, we got a good show tonight. We got uh, it's it's a brand new month. So we've got a hometown blotter that's coming up. We do that at the start of every month, covering the previous month of 911 calls called into the hometown blotter where Steve and I were born and raised. And uh, we've also got headlines. We've got a we've got a ton of content tonight. So stick around. We're going to get to it right now. Uh, I have a few things, and I want to start off. Usually I throw to you guys to ask what you've been up to last week. We're going to go to me to start with, and then I'm going to get to you guys. Uh, Dave, what have you been up to this week? Well, the first yeah. thing, a big milestone I found out today, uh, Steve and I have been friends for 14 years. Uh, Facebook yep. let us know uh, that 14. we've been. Wow. Uh, so that's that's pretty amazing. And in all reality, uh, Steve and I have now been friends for 40 years. It has yeah. been 40 years of friendship because we knew we met each other in preschool. Uh, so Facebook got that a little wrong, but I get it. It's how long we've been Facebook friends. The other thing I will say is, Steve, going through your pictures and then also going through my pictures because you shared the Facebook thing of like, hey, you've been friends for 14 years. So you went ahead and shared that. I didn't. And the reason I didn't is because most of the photos I had tagged you in, you were not in those photos. So it was, a, oh. it was just a collection of like my kid with suds on his head as a baby, like in the bathtub, because I had put a little box around the suds and tagged you as being the sud, like just stupid things like that. And so it was a you look back on it and you're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have been quite such a jackass because when things like this come up now, I can't even share them because they make no sense. But. <laughs> but I thought that was funny, especially at the time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, did he tag me as the suds or did he tag me as the Cheerios in the thing? That, he's holding? <laughs> exactly. that was great. Yeah. yeah. So uh, 40, not 14 years of friendship. Get it right, Facebook. The other thing I wanted to say is I make no apologies about what I'm about to say. And this is not related right. to Steve. This is this is a this oh, is something good. I'm like, oh, here it comes. He's gonna blast <laughs> no, me. No, Four no. years, oh, but no. uh, I'm about to about to blow your mind. This is something that I have zero, zero qualms over doing. The day after Halloween, 
We, we ripped every single bit of Halloween down from our house. We gutted every single Halloween decoration we had, and we started decorating for Christmas. I've got Christmas lights up now, both inside and outside. My wife has started with all of the the Christmas decorations she started putting up. We The morning after Halloween, we had Christmas music playing on the, the Echo device that we've got in the kitchen. It was blaring throughout. My wife immediately turned on the Hallmark channel. I... I I am I'm getting nervous though because I used to hate the Hallmark channel with every fiber of my being. <clears throat> and this yeah. year I find myself kind of getting into it a little bit. Kind of like sure I'll watch a good Candace Cameron. I think that's array. gonna have a shelf life to it though. I, I think you've gone into it with great gusto, but I'm one I'm wondering like around December third. Like, yeah, are you it, still into it? No, it was more like seven and a half minutes into it. I was ready to not watch anymore. <laughs> uh, but but the point is, it is the Hallmark Channel, at least for us, we're not, I've got friends, I've got coworkers who they are into it. They've seen every movie ever put out on Hallmark Channel. They know the plots. They know what goes on, what to watch, what not to watch. For us, it's much more about we just kind of turn it on and then it's in the background. It is, it, it, we're not really sitting down and paying attention to it. It's more about the vibe that it puts out of just the good natured, wholesome, fun stuff to watch. And so we've gone full Christmas. We're already there. And it is what, what am, December, or December, November 7th. And we're already full on Christmas. And I make no apologies. When, That's totally fine. Well, That's I was going to ask, when do you guys start putting your stuff up or when do you plan to start putting your stuff up? Go ahead, Tracy. Well, I, I don't know. I'd have to ask my wife, to be honest with you. Well, it um, looks like you have some snowflakes behind you sitting there. Yeah, I mean, and I don't. Week too. I mean, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I guess there are some snowflakes here if that's what they are. They're just sitting on um, on whatever this is. But uh, <laughs> the uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, the uh, the man knows how to paint a picture with words, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, yeah, there's some stuff here on the thing, and uh, yep. And uh, so, no, I'm ready to actually kind of just go straight forward to my birthday, frankly, and just skip through all the way. No, that's come in, on, that's in August, right? <clears throat> no, it's well, it's in, it's in January, so I'm staying within the season. Oh, that's good. Come on, Tracy, I know you. You're just playing it up. You're hamming it up for the podcast. You love well, this time I mean, of year. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we're, I like the autumn and I, I like, there's kind of an autumn vibe that I like quite a bit. And I, I don't, I want to linger on it a little bit because it still feels closer to summer. Sure. And the thing that bothers me about when you go into Christmas with this sort of winter theme at the time Christmas comes and then it's gone, you're thinking, oh, I'm kind of done with the winter theme, except the season disagrees because the solstice just started and yeah. winter just began. So at the time you're done with it, you get to live through winter and it's like living through two winters. And I don't want that. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Steve, I, I on, the, that. on that cheery note, when do you put your Christmas stuff up? I'm ready to like, and so is, I, I think I'm going to start like dribbling stuff up uh this this week but uh we we like to also kind of decorate for thanksgiving as well so that has like some you know some uh leafy things sure. and some yep. you know it's an interesting choice and... of words though where i come from things dribble down Boom. Uh, okay. you you were dribbling things up explain that how does dribble that work it up. well i mean a lot of the a lot of the decorations are up and i i dribble <laughs> i I, dri I dribble 
in an anti-gravity way. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, Tracy. I mean, I, I'm at least I have my paints out, right? Yeah, exactly. At least I'm, I'm, I'm trying to paint with some, some, you know, third, fourth grade words. <laughs> I agree. Here. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, but I, did, I, I didn't. I did. Mine were still in the desk. Yes. I went to we had we have a storage space that we uh, that we've been renting for the last year or so to get all of our uh, our decorations out. And when I got them out, I got really excited. I'm like, wow, we got a lot of lights. I want to put these lights up. I'm already thinking about where am I going to put the um, the extension cord so that it's going to I have a brand new big super extension cord that I can use. I'm really excited about doing that. And but in order to do that, we have to we had to finish the rock wall up front. So this weekend we rented a wet saw and we went out and we cut the stuff and we put it up. And now the rock wall is, you know, 98% done and it looks great. It just hasn't been glued, right? We just haven't glued it down, but that's not hard. Um, the, the one problem is, is we have a lot of garland to put up around the outside of the house on the eaves, but we also are supposed to have our roof replaced and that may or may not happen um, if depending on whether or not we get three dry days for our roofer to come and do that. right. Yeah. So it's like, do we put it up? Do we not? I, I really have to call the guy and find yeah. out, but like I have these candy canes. I'm sure I told you all about these candy canes that we have giant candy canes that my dad got at a garage sale. Whose garage sale? Did you ask? I'm sure you're interested to find out yes. none other than Edgar Martinez's garage sale. My dad went and got a bunch of uh, candy cane, uh, uh, decorations that he gave to me. So I have Edgar Martinez's candy canes. <laughs> now, now let's on. be clear. I feel like Edgar Martinez uh, to to Hispanic people is the equivalent of Dave Johnson to the the white male. In that, it's a very common name. So for those of you listening who didn't grow up in the '90s in Seattle and don't know who that is, Edgar Martinez was a very talented baseball player who played for the Seattle Mariners and and he's a hall of famer now correct oh, and, and he's, he's yeah he's and big, and he's big deal and the the claim to fame that our valley has where Steve and I grew up is that Edgar went and built a house in that valley so he kind of lives in that area and it's not his obviously his full-time house and I don't even know if he has the house anymore but was it that house that had the yard sale yeah okay yeah, my dad was my dad was looking for a golf cart as it was sure Edgar yeah. Martinez had a golf cart for sale and I'm like, wow, dad's going to buy Edgar Martinez's golf cart. But apparently Edgar Martinez didn't want to uh, negotiate. Oh. So, uh, so dad didn't come home with, with a golf cart from Edgar Martinez. He came home with a bunch of candy canes in the middle of summer. <laughs> and if there's and one thing I know about your dad, he loves negotiating. It doesn't matter who it's with either. I mean, he just, he loves a good barter. He likes the deal. Yeah. He does like the deal. So um, he came home with the, with the candy canes and then, gave me the candy canes um he'll probably listen to this and tell me those no no i still have those candy canes yeah I'll give you our yeah. candy canes yeah and, <laughs> and then i'll be like i got the candy canes from my dad so uh possessions nine tenths of the law yeah, my dad has uh my dad has edgar martinez's candy canes no i'm i'm excited to get all that stuff up um i feel like people really started to decorate for the holidays earlier last year because it was like well we're home yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. We might as totally well do it's it. been a shitty year and we're home and it helped, yeah. right? Like people really, really liked it. We had people all year round walking by our house while we're out working in the yard, telling Flipping us that you they off. really, yeah. Well, a few, right? But, <laughs> but also a few said that they really liked um, all the lights that we did the last year, and we're looking forward to this year's lights. So, 
uh, I'm really excited to get out there and start putting them up. Mine are on. I got those timers where when it gets dark outside, that's when the lights come on. So in other words, it's not on a full like 24 hour timer or anything like that that just comes on at six o'clock every day. It's whatever time it gets dark enough, they come on and they stay on for eight hours. And the first day, my wife and daughter were gone. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just turn this on. I'll turn the, the timer on. I'll activate it so that by the time they get home, the lights are on. And they got home. They were like, it looks great. Really nice. Awesome. <clears throat> and then I said, well, I got to go out and shut that timer back off because it's pretty early in the year. And I don't want to piss off the neighborhood by being the guy that has his lights up. And then I, I was walking out towards the timer and I just stopped myself. And I was like, no, F this. And I turned around and came back in and I said, I'm leaving them on. If somebody wants to to complain, let them complain. I like how, I, I like how angry you got yeah. when you're like just out to yeah. the yeah. Christmas lights. Yeah. And you're like, just, you know what? Screw my own neighborhood. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. stupid. I'll do, I I'll do what there. I want. Yep. I did the work. I put in the time. Yeah. They can put in the time. That's right. You know, they're they all they all have they all have enough Christmas. And to be honest with you, they were out. probably itching at the opportunity to do oh, it yeah. too. It didn't yeah. want to be first. And yep. so you gave them the opportunity to do so. so. Okay. They and- had a betting pool down at the bar saying when's Johnson gonna get his <laughs> lights up? And somebody won a tidy yeah. sum of money. So let me the last thing that I wanted to say, and then we're gonna get to what Steve did last week. But the last thing that I wanted to mention was so it is that time of year where high school football is going into their playoffs and mm-hmm. the coach or one of the coaches for one of the local schools that we have, it's called Eastside Catholic. It's kind of in the Sammamish area. For those of you not in the area, it doesn't matter. Just know it's one of the local high school football teams. Dwayne and I coached lacrosse together for many years. And now Dwayne is coaching football for this high school team that arguably has one of the best defenses in the state. They're, they're incredible this year. And so Dwayne reached out to me and said, hey, we're in the playoffs. We've got a home game. Would you like to come see us? And so I said, sure, absolutely. Let's do it. So Sebastian and I, my son and I loaded up in the car and drove and went and watched this game that was at seven o'clock at night. They won. They kicked another school's ass, but it was like 42 to nothing. So that was great. But the thing I wanted to talk about is, so again, the school is Eastside Catholic. So obviously, mm-hmm. if you're able to do that math, they're a Catholic school. Okay. No, I, why? Yeah. So, so their, their mascot is the knight. They're the Eastside Catholic Knights. All that makes sense. All that jives. Yeah. Catholic the Knights. The scoreboard's in Roman numerals. Right. Too. That was nice touch. <laughs> yeah. to- totally yeah. get it. Here's where things started to fall apart. Hmm. Eastside Catholic Knights, knight logo everywhere. Their mascot is a Spartan. And a very obvious Spartan with exposed, big, foamy muscles uh, the Spartan helmet. So, I, were they all out of suits of armor at the, at the mascot <laughs> I know, store? I know. So, hang on. So it gets it gets far worse than this. So that's fine. I I was I was gonna give them a pass on that. Now, their band and their cheer squad were all dressed like cowboys and cowgirls. Every single right. one of them. Cowboy hats. They even had like the woody sort of like uh, uh, vests on from Toy Story. Yeah. Now. For those of you wondering at home, well, it's close to Halloween. Maybe they were just doing a Halloween thing. No, this was at this was a week after Halloween. This was this had nothing to do with Halloween. Halloween was over. During the breaks to all of the plays on the football field, they danced to 90s country music. So it was Brooks and Dunn and those types of bands. So they they did very obvious choreographed 90s country music songs, except at halftime. 
At halftime, all of the cowboys and cowgirls of the Eastside Catholic Knights walked out onto the field with the Spartan and performed songs from How to Train Your Dragon while they unfurled a giant cloth dragon that they made dance around on the field while they were all dressed like cowboys and cowgirls and then folded it all down and brought it in. Are you sure this wasn't a fever dream? At a certain point, my son leaned over to me and legitimately asked, is this what it's like being on drugs? Because, <laughs> because there, were, there were so many things working into this. They had such an identity crisis. And I, Steve, you and I came from a very humble, small school. Tracy, yours wasn't large by any stretch, but I mean, right. we were like... We were the most blue-collar small school you could think of. We were at least consistent. We were the coyotes, and we remained the coyotes in everything that we did. It was on every. Mm -hmm. We had a coyote mascot. It was the way our cheerleaders had coyotes on their uniforms and on their on their megaphones that they would yell into. Everything we at least we stayed coyotes. Eastside Catholic is a private school with a decent amount of money in a very affluent area section of the Redmond Seattle area. They can afford to get, to Steve's point, a nice mascot costume. Like, they could, I, I don't understand. And listen, part of it, it, who knows? Maybe they've got these weekly events that the high school does. This was Cowboy Spirit Week. Well, I don't know. I mean, are I you sure know. it was Spartan or was it like a Roman centurion? I mean, like, kind of Holy Roman Empire kind of deal? Or The guy had one of the feather hats. When, sure. One of the, that, he, that, could be Ro that could be Roman soldier, too. Okay, I feel yeah. like we're really That's splitting. Nice. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to do. Yeah, I'm trying my best to defend. I'm playing uh, Catholic Devil's advocate here. Catholic, Catholic. <laughs> so, this was uh, the, the. It was a great game. They won 42 to nothing. But I just wanted to call out the fact that this school had such an identity crisis to it. So, Steve, what did you get up to last week? Uh, I uh, I owe both of you an apology. Uh -oh. um, I had to last minute cancel our normal recording on a Thursday night uh, urgently on a Wednesday when I learned that I had a uh, I had a dinner party to go to that was uh, that was scheduled. That now was this was just this last week that you did this. <laughs> this was yes, and this was on a <laughs> night that we moved to because it was better for you. Anyway, go ahead. I just tonight, to... yeah, tonight we're recording on a night that's better for me. No, no, what he's saying is we started recording on Thursdays because Thursdays were better for you. That's right. That's yes, right. anyway. Okay. And then we and didn't so because this, of you. Yeah, go ahead. we didn't because of me. Um, we, there was a, a last-minute dinner party. It wasn't last minute, but it was to me. Um, I was told about this. I don't remember being told about it, but I was told about it, and... <laughs> So had to, had to do it. So I felt bad coming to you guys and telling you that I had to push this off. I was. Well, I was we took the news in good cheer. So that was. Sure? Uh, oh yeah, you yeah. definitely did. You, you were. I cannot ask for two more supportive people to be doing a podcast with. I really can't. But um, I. Now, in all fairness, in all, I'm gonna stop you right there. Because yeah. in all fairness, I didn't say shit. I didn't say like, hey, dickhead, <laughs> we moved this. I didn't say anything other than Tracy was gonna be pissed off, and I'll tell you why. 40 years of knowing you, Steve. I roll with the punches when it comes to Steve. I'm very used to Steve having things blinking, come up, having things come up. You think, and, and, and I will also say this because I've played with Steve in a band. Like I've, there, there's been lots of, lots of interaction with Steve throughout the years. I will defend Steve for a moment and say, 
Nine times out of ten, it is not Steve's fault that Steve comes across as being flaky. It is, there is something, the universe has a way of the moment that you say to Steve Dam, we need to make sure we do this thing, what a band practice, whatever it is, the podcast on this night, the universe finds a way to give Steve every single thing it can on that night from that day forward. And it is not, I'm, again, I'm saying, this is not on you. This is the it, way it always works. It just, it does feel that way. It really does. But And it gives us a wonderful opportunity to just, it's it's just, and it's low hanging fruit just to bust his chops about it. Now, Dave didn't this time, but but he gave, but he told me to be pissed off about it. So I, <laughs> I'm like, fine. And it, was, it was fine. Like, I, I really, look, I enjoyed <clears> going. I, I, I like the people that that I got to see it was for a birthday. Um, and I will tell you that, uh, it, it was supposed to be a, a, a dinner party, right? At six 30, we got there, we said surprise. And then we found out that the place that we were at doesn't have a kitchen or a menu. There's no food. Uh-oh. There's no food. So it's like, okay. So it's a, it's like a bar. It was at an Eagles club. Right. And I'm like, okay, classy. All right. So, we ended up, well, it was, it was nice. It was, it was, it was one of the nicer Eagles places. And, um, <laughs> and we, has your band played a lot of Eagles? Yeah. 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 Okay. Dave, Dave and I played the Ellensburg Eagles. Um, and we, it had a guy that whose claim to fame was he could do a hell of a train whistle, yep. um, with oh, his, yeah. with his mouth. And also he said that, um, his wife's husband drinks too much. Yeah. Um, right. I, uh, so we ended up ordering pizza, but it was, it was a weird dinner party. It was good. It was really great to see everybody, but I felt bad to leave you guys hanging out to dry. The other pieces were, you already heard, we got that wet saw taken care of on the, on the wall. I'm so happy to have that handled. And we got a, I, we got a lot done today and I've had a crazy headache, but I'm like, we're recording this, whether or not we're, we're moving forward. It's going to happen tonight, whether hey, I drop dead thanks or not. For, so thanks for sacrificing for us. That's right. You guys are worth it, except for on Thursdays and nights that I can't do it. <laughs> right. Tracy, uh, before we started the show, I, I heard you talking to Dave about uh, you had a bee in your bonnet about something regarding real estate. And I want to know what it is. Because he was all fired I, up. He was all yeah, it's a, fired I've been up. looking at we've been, we've been looking at real estate for a long time over here at the house. My son's hmm. sending us houses. I look at houses. We send each other houses all the time looking for places. Um, t- what is what's your beef? Well, what it's it? it's a, it's actually kind of funny because it's uh, and by funny, I mean uh, just infuriating. That's what I mean by funny. This all started but, with me just saying to Tracy, because I, 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 we haven't asked him, Steve. So Tracy always did the show from his office. We saw him in a very specific room every week. And then beginning just a couple of weeks ago, suddenly he's in this new location with a lot of different things. It's very obvious he's in a completely different room. And so I just said to him, Tracy, I never asked you, how come you moved rooms? And that's yeah. what set him yeah, off. And it just, and this is, but this is a thing I've been dealing with all week because you used to be able to do things in different rooms of your home and nobody cared. But now that you work from home and you have yeah. cameras on, everybody's like, wow, you're in a different place. What is, go- you can't move your desk or adjust something without somebody asking, yeah. hey, I'm seeing a different window. What's going on there? So here I am, I'm in a different room. And the room I'm in is, is my bedroom. 
So I have a computer desk that's not probably 16 inches from the place I sleep. So <laughs> I, I mean, if I moved, if I moved the camera over there, you see, you could see really where where I lay at night and cry myself to sleep. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a. Uh, this is a situation that where it kind of pisses me off because I've had to answer this question all week. Everybody's like, Hey, yeah, where are you? You're in a different, yeah, I'm in my bedroom and I'm really kind of jammed in the corner of this bedroom. And the reason I'm in this bedroom is the same reason I've been looking for a house for a couple, three, four years, ever since uh, we were expecting the fifth member of our family. My kids were able to ask questions as my wife was there, great with child and busting out in the front there. Uh, we, they were saying things like, where is the baby going to, and then fill in the blank with whatever yeah. he would need space to do. Yep. And then where would he do that stuff? Because we had already determined our house was too small. So tons of looking for other houses over the last three or four years, but I can never really get full agreement or full cooperation with uh uh my wife has to like what qualified as a decent house or what was within distance of you know the school that she takes the kids to or whatever yep. so what happens is it's like well we get a little further down the road and i'm not going to use numbers here because if you're outside the seattle number or the seattle area the numbers i'm going to use are going to sound really 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 outlandish they'll freak but, you out they'll yeah they, out they will freak you out that yeah. you you can go and uh, the number that you're looking at for a home that isn't really all that special is seven digits long yeah and so that's kind of like what you're dealing with well um i, I mean i i'm i do well i'm fine i've been debt free for six years i'm fine i can go look for a house but no the problem kidney, no tv go ahead yeah one kidney Debt free, no television, but I went one kidney. Yeah, yeah, not no kidney. Not no kidney. That's, one, one kidney. Yeah, you can do that for a time, but not one for, kidney, not six for long. You can't podcast that yeah, way, clearly. No. But uh, so anyway, it's it's just it's one of those things where like I knew that as things developed in our home, and each member of this five-person household had different needs, that we used to podcast. I had a large office. Well, that large office is now a bedroom. And so then I moved to the old bedroom, but now I got one of my kids is, uh, you know, doing dual enrollment at the university and he's, uh, in there. My wife's working from home. Of course I'm working from home many days too. So I couldn't really work in that office. So now I am like retreating to this little corner and it's, it's like I've moved back 20 years. I haven't had a computer desk by my bed since I lived in a 600 square foot apartment over 20 years ago. And so here I am, I've retreated back to my humble beginnings. Yeah. You're regressing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so it's, it's one of those things where while there is this delay, the segment of houses that we are looking for has uh, jumped, you know, $150,000, $200,000 more. I don't know anybody that went and got another job in that time to kind of make up the gap. So you've fallen behind that. So there's certain segments of homes you can't find anymore. So I'm sitting here in an overcrowded home and I have to answer this question like, well, what is that behind you there? Yeah, it's a, it's a map of Ireland. Why yeah. do you have a map of Ireland before? Yeah. It's, it's my wife's. What is that stuff in there? She decorated the, the these are snowflakes over here to my left. <laughs> on the part thing. of the decoration that she has on this bookcase 
that is like that my desk is jammed up next to. So like the, and so I have to answer, I'm on a meeting. Everybody's like, Hey, what's, what's different. What have you done? It's you're in a, uh, yeah, I know I'm in my bedroom with snowflakes. So thank you. With I got snowflakes. two good That's pieces of news now. for you, Tracy. Yes. Two, two, two positive things for you. Mm -hmm. um, you've been looking for a house for five years and your kid is already dual enrollment into the university. So you're looking at maybe a year, two years, and this problem kind of solves itself, right? You, you, you get a room back and, uh, and that's, that's good. Or, um, the other piece is, well, all the, all the home prices have gone up. Your home values probably gone up too. So it's, it's right. It's a wash. It, it, it isn't really a wash because it's, there's, there's this sort of elasticity between segments. And so they don't like escalate in value at the same right. rate. And so I'm like leaping a segment because in, in this area, like for me to go get a house that is 900 square feet bigger, which reads a bedroom and a dining room and maybe a larger bathroom, mm -hmm. things I'm not looking for, things I don't want. That's the, the premium for that is $150,000. So okay. to go to that segment is to spend $150,000. I don't want, won't help me in the first place. Yeah. So I have to kind of yeah, jump yeah, yeah. that segment. <clears throat> and so now it's a, it's one of those things. All it really needs, you need to know is it adds up to a lot of animosity and anger. That's all you need to know. <laughs> so anyway, that's the totality of my life at this moment. Yeah. I, I mean, and you're not kidding. Like our, you know, we bought a home, <clears throat> what we paid for the home versus what it's worth now. Our home over a three year, maybe three and a half year stretch has increased in value by $500,000. That's no yeah. joke. I'm not, that's, I'm not lowballing at all. That's, we have increased by $500,000 and have done nothing to the home. We have other than let it deteriorate. I mean, we haven't done anything to the home to make it worth $500,000 more dollars. It's just worth that. And so to your point, Tracy, I mean... <clears throat> We're fortunate that we bought when we did because then the housing market went stupid and we're we're getting I wouldn't say we're in like the San Francisco territory, but we're getting pretty damn close between San Francisco, it, yeah. Vancouver, Seattle area. Like these are all all these West Coast cities are just ridiculous right now. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Tracy. I, I would normally ask you what you did last week, but I'm afraid it would involve murder of at least one of your children. So we're going to move on. Not yet. That's, that's next week's show. Speaking of murder, speaking of crime, we got a brand new hometown blotter. For those of you who don't know, these are actual 911 calls that were called into the 911 dispatch in the town that Steve and I are originally from. Here it is, Dave and Steve's hometown blotter. Crime doesn't take a break, even on the streets of any town, USA. It's time once again for another gripping edition of Dave and Steve's Hometown Blotter. Subjects have been tampering with the reporting party's vehicle for the last month, pushing in mirrors, peeling off magnets, and leaving potato chips on her tire on North Alder Street. A man reportedly was in the roadway on Tainum Road with a bottle of liquid and possibly a paper badge on his shirt. <laughs> a person reportedly approached the reporting party on the CWU campus to say he was a monk from Switzerland and he needed money. <laughs> a man saw a toaster on the side of the roadway on Look Road and East Sanders Road 
and stopped to check it out. The toaster was in poor condition, so he did not take it. The party was calling in case someone saw them and called them for littering. <laughs> someone reportedly spray-painted white X's on each side of a mailbox on Upper P.O. Point Road and placed feces in the mailbox with a note. <laughs> the reporting party called in an ongoing road rage event where a subject who lives on Madison Street in South Glealum constantly backs into the street without looking. <laughs> Alama reportedly was at large on West 2nd Street and Pine Street in Cleelum. There was a report of several vehicles with cheese slices on them on North Airport Road. And finally tonight, a man yelled to get the reporting party's attention and then pretended to have intercourse with a large stuffed bear on West Washington Street. This has been another action-packed episode of Dave and Steve's Hometown Blotter. This raises a question. When you find litter yeah. and you go to look at it, at what point does your interaction and lack of like sorting it out turn into like secondary or, you know, secondhand littering? Yeah, right. Do you not have a little bit of space in your car that you can't just take that toaster to the nearest like garbage can? And like what I'm going to. I'm going to, you've taken the time to stop and look at it. And to call 911 to say you weren't littering. At that yeah. point, just pick it up and throw it away somewhere. Yeah, you've done a lot. Also, to, the, uh, yeah. the person who got somebody's attention and then simulated intercourse on a large stuffed teddy bear, it immediately made me think of Tracy. Because I could see Tracy doing the thing of like, hey, <clears throat> hey, hey. Until you finally look over and then hip thrusting a poor teddy bear that's just sitting defenseless on the ground, just not yeah, actually making time, definitely a time in my life where I would have I, probably that time's now. <laughs> yeah, that, that time but, was I mean, Tuesday. That, that teddy bear, like it, like it, like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I I also thought that um, there, there's a there's a lot of snack wasting there by putting chips on tires and, and cheese. cheese on cars. Like what, who's wasting snacks? And that's in this day and age, everything it feels like is a TikTok challenge of some kind. I have to assume that there was some dipshit with a phone recording his friend throwing cheese on a bunch of cars while they cackled loudly about it and then posted it to their three followers on TikTok. But I have no idea. No, no clue. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok's responsible for a lot of weird stuff lately. I would watch that, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to me uh, follower number four. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back here on the Dave and Steve show. Satisfaction. Just in time for winter, Wild Horse Pizza brings you the extra cheesy, extra saucy, extra tasty, sizzling hot meat pizza deal. <laughs> Buy either a meat lover's pizza or present a valid ID that you're over 50 and female, and Wild Horse Pizza will knock three bucks off of your purchase. And remember, whether you're a hot podcaster ordering extra cheese or a podcaster's mom craving extra meat, Wild Horse Pizza will satisfy you in 30 minutes or less, or it's free. Wild Horse Pizza. 
We get asked by female listeners of this podcast if a story we were sharing on the show was about them. About 95% of the time, our stories have nothing to do with a specific person from our past. Yet there is always some level of paranoia that exists where a listener believes that Dave or I were beginning to share a story about a private moment that involved a person from our past, most often from our times in high school. We try to run a balance on the show as we attempt to tell entertaining stories that convey worthwhile life lessons. But there are times where Steve will talk about the unfair admission prices of a universal theme park or the plateau <laughs> of our podcasting skills. That will remind us of a story that involves a person from our past. Now, is it you we were talking about? Probably not, but let's be honest. It probably was. This has been Tracy's I Knew This One Girl in High School Minute. You know, it's, it is funny because when... Steve, when we were talking at the top of the show about you posting the thing on Facebook saying we had been friends for 14 years, and one of the pictures that was associated with that post, because they always collect a bunch of pictures together that you've shared throughout the years, was a picture of us from our senior prom. And I, when I saw that picture, that's immediately the math I did, Tracy, is thinking about the, the girls in that picture and wondering if any of them thought we were talking about them, because we weren't. We, it's just one of those things, like you're being a jackass, you make a joke about a girl you used to know in high school— that girl didn't exist. It wasn't a real thing. Or maybe it was. I don't know. No, yeah, maybe. Maybe it was. I don't know. Probably, but definitely and, not. And if you're listening to this right now and you're a female that who attended high school with me, I was absolutely talking about you. It was you. You should know that. Wait, 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 tell me who it was. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know who it was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to keep things moving and find out what Tracy has in the headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Oh, oh yeah! Our first story. You know it's bad when ice cream machines at McDonald's across America are broken so often they're a punchline for late night jokesters. Or when a guy comes up with an actual website called mcbroken.com. So someone jonesing for a soft serve vanilla cone can track which nearby Mickey D's has a working machine. Or when McDonald's itself goes for a we can laugh at ourselves moment with a tweet this year where they say we have a joke about our soft serve machine, but uh, are worried that it won't work. So take heart to spirited McFlurry fans, no less. The Federal Trade Commission is now asking, what's up with that? According to a recent report in the Wall Street Journal, the summer, uh, this summer, the Federal Trade Commission sent letters to McDonald's franchisees inquiring about what's going on with their broken ice cream machines. I don't. Yeah. So this was news to me. I, I don't I don't partake in McDonald's soft serve. I, I never had a hankering for it. I don't know. I don't know why this is the thing, but apparently this is a, a real legitimate thing. They're down a lot and they're down all over the place. And I've heard it could be for a number of reasons. They're tough to clean. People don't like them. So when they break down, it's hard to get people to come in and fix them. It takes a while. Like, I, I don't know, but it, it, it's not affecting me. Steve, you got a problem with this? I, I don't have a problem with it. I don't, I don't, go to McDonald's and get ice cream yeah. and that noise. I but I think it's funny and it's I, I think it's very interesting because they obviously they have a certain way they have to have their ice cream. Um they have certain machines that it comes out of. The machines are notoriously broken and you hear it from all over the place. Even people that don't go to McDonald's don't eat 
McDonald's ice cream, all this stuff. It, this is not new to this year. I've heard about this for years and it, they even have like, uh, people that are not licensed to fix the machines have, uh, have like a business where they will show up and fix the machines like off books. So the machines will at least work yeah. even though they aren't supposed to be. And they're, and those people are getting in trouble and those franchisees are getting in trouble for having people that aren't licensed to work on those machines come and work on those machines, even though it makes everything better for everybody. It's, it is a my, big freaking corporate mess and it's a problem. My my favorite banter about any McDonald's related story or anecdote is that you can't find anybody who ever goes there and eats anything in <laughs> this company it, that makes billions huge. and billions of dollars. <laughs> uh, you you Jim Gaffigan famously had this thing where he's like nobody admits eating at McDonald's even though they're like they're just a billion dollar company. And if you ran into somebody there, you'd be better off like claiming that you were like meeting a prostitute there or yeah. something than, than saying, yeah. yeah, I'm just going to get a Big Mac or whatever. But a McFlurry to the uninitiated is ice cream blended with candy M&Ms, for instance, or cookies. Uh, being uh, the big with the McFlurry crowd, diehards have been known to dip their French fries in their McFlurries down to steal a little slogan. Uh, from McDonald's, the fans there are not loving it. Viral video portrays a conversation between a disappointed drive-thru customer and a worker giving him the bad news that there's no ice cream today, which ends in a potential fist fight. Are, so so I've, I've been, you know, various places. I, like, I've been to New York. I've been down to California and things like that. Is Dairy Queen very regional to the Northwest or are those things all over the United States? It's all over the United States. And, and Dairy Queens are interesting because Dairy Queen is typically like the first franchise place that will go into a small Yeah, you've mentioned area. this, the canary in the coal yeah, mine kind of thing. Exactly. And, and all over the United States. Now, there are usually pockets where you can't find certain fast food places. But I remember David Letterman making a Dairy Queen joke, um, you know, decades ago that I was like, oh, Dairy Queens have to be all over the country or at least in a big enough part of the country that everybody understands this. Yeah, I guess the reason joke. I was asking, my question is this. Why would you, why would McDonald's be your stop for ice cream if you got a Dairy Queen close by? I just feel like in terms of variety and, and quality is give or take depending on where your preferences lie. But in terms of just overall variety and things, why would you not go to Dairy Queen versus a McDonald's to get your ice cream? Uh, there, there's more McDonald's around, sure. but, um, but also, uh, if you are, if you don't want the food at Dairy Queen and you want the food at McDonald's, it's just one more reason to go to McDonald's. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Dairy Queen's kind of houses the Orange Julius in, in many of yeah. them. And, and that might be a reason for me to go if I'm uh, interested in gaining six pounds off of uh, one <laughs> hey, dessert. I just, I just learned this last week before we move on from McDonald's. Uh, do you guys know what the least ordered item on the McDonald's menu is? Uh, the salad shakers? No, I'll, I'll give you a, a hint and then I'll just tell you what it is if you don't get it. It is, it is a beverage. Oh. Uh, yeah, we're not doing this. Or it's, orange juice? No, it's hot iced tea. You can get hot iced tea, warm, you know, normal or hot iced tea. How Jeez, about tea? I'm such an idiot. Hot tea. <laughs> you can get hot, branding hot iced tea. That's such a stupid ice warm. cold hot iced tea. I shouldn't even have a show. This is dumb. No, you yeah. you can get hot tea uh, at McDonald's, and that's the least ordered item. Tracy, please continue. 
You know, our second story, yes, food prices are up, but no, average U.S. milk prices are not skyrocketing. They're basically staying the same as they were since January. That's because the U.S. overall has an oversupply of milk, and it's gotten worse over the past few decades as smaller farms have shuttered and larger farms have bought up the livestock and increasingly dominating the dairy industry. I think the other problem, too, is you've got a lot of people who now understand what being lactose intolerant actually means. So you got a lot more people turning away from milk. And as as somebody who has a kid who is lactose intolerant, my daughter does not do well with any kind of dairy products. As a result, we've started buying alternatives in the form of sweetened almond milk and things of that nature. It's it's delicious. Like it is, I, I now, if, if when I'm not trying to watch my figure, but if I'm not trying to watch my waistline and I want a good old fashioned bowl of like kids sugary cereal, I'm pouring sweetened vanilla almond milk on that because it tastes so much better, th- better than straight up cow's milk. So I think all those things factored in are, are along with what you said, Tracy, are probably the reason why we, we ain't got no shortage of milk because milk isn't what it used to be. And I know Steve's probably going to chime in here, but milk has also been shown to have a lot of hormones and things in it that frankly aren't that that great for especially young people. Milk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the administration has pledged to address antitrust issues in the industries ranging from technology to meat packing. But so far, the dairy sector hasn't been uh, the uh, focus in the part because uh, consumers are not significantly seeing higher prices as a result of this consolidation i just like that meat packing made steve giggle well it was you missed it because you were backed away but tracy did this complete like he did this whole his hip thrust <laughs> when he said meat packing that he did the i didn't have a teddy bear i didn't have a teddy bear handy so uh, you weren't watching so of course it made me look like an idiot <laughs> well just so we're clear the people who are listening right now weren't watching either. So it's really good that I called this out so you could explain. Otherwise, you would have sounded like an idiot to all them as well. Yeah, meat packing, meat packing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Our third story, and should be of interest to everyone, especially all of our listeners. Uh, young men suffer more erection problems than the older fellas. A study has found more than two-thirds of those under 35 said that they have experienced erectile dysfunction during sex compared with half of the men over 65. And in one three aged uh, 18 to 35 say that Viagra or similar drugs uh, seem to help, uh, but compared to one in five with those over 55. Well, pharmacy which did the research says the inability to maintain an erection isn't always age related. I'm not touching this. Hi, I see what you did there. Uh, I, I, uh, I actually thought you were talking like young people, like like teenage guys, who I, I went to a completely different area when it came to erection problems, which is always getting one at the exact wrong time, which is what happens yeah. to you when you're in your yeah, teenage years. That's year. the other side of this yeah. pendulum. I, yeah. I thought that's what you were saying when you said they have way more problems with them, because that was the thing where like, and you know what, I'm just not going to stand up right now. You guys go on ahead. I'll catch up with you because you didn't. Yeah. You couldn't get up from your My, desk because your your thing rubbed against your pants wrong. I have a problem maintaining. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, just, I just I didn't want it to end up in the beginning of next week's show. That's all. I just yeah yeah that that's that's the that's the understated uh, erection uh, problem, Dave. The one where you basically just uh, have one at all the inopportune times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're you know going to visit grandma or whatever, yeah. <laughs> just 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Tracy's hot grandma. <laughs> Hi, hi, Grandma. Sorry. Sorry, Grandma. Sorry, Grandma. Oh, I'm used to it. It's fine. Oh, I know. I know, Tracy. Grandmas are always understanding, and that's what you can kind of count on. Wow, that's that's terrible. Here's a here's a check for $5. <laughs> <laughs> it always makes you feel better. Our four-story American Girl Dolls and the Strategy Board Game Risk were inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame on Thursday in recognition of their influence on the toy industry. Sand, and I mean sand, like what you find at the beach, which uh, the group called perhaps the most universal and oldest toy in the world, was also inducted. They inducted that, sand. That's that's like the equivalent of like uh, um, your, your high school diploma is worthless when the kid next to you can't spell... Um, his best friend's name the mm -hmm. week before graduation and they get the same diploma that you get. Yeah. 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 I think sand should have gotten a, like a lifetime achievement award, but not in the whole yeah, thing. Not Come the on. same, not the, no risk is a, a way better. And American girl dolls are great. Uh, sand is not the same as an American girl doll or a risk game. So I this mean, is, this is one of those, the, so first of all, I will say my daughter, we tried to, Hey, you want you want to go through the American Girl store? It it was just never her jam. She didn't because they have them at the malls and they've got all the dolls in the windows and all that. She never we couldn't get her to take a foot in there if she wanted or if we wanted her to. She just was not having it. She liked she was more of a build a bear than an American Girl girl. So there that so that one's lost on me. And then I will say I have never played a single second of Risk. And it's not because I have no, like, it's not because I have an aversion to it. I, I have something against the the makers of Risk. The creator of Risk killed my uncle. It's nothing like that. I, it's just never, it's never presented itself to me. And I, in turn, I have never gone and seeked it out. So it's just, I've never played Risk. Tell me yeah. about Sand. Has Sand yeah. been in your life? I have played Sand. And actually, Sand gave me a weird rash on the end of my penis. So I, I got right. that going for me. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. That's right. that. You have an and that's, uh, that's something they don't put on the label. Yeah, right. right? Of, uh, yeah. Sand, so. yeah. All three were honored during a ceremony at uh, the hall after winning over a panel of experts who voted uh, for them from a group of 12 finalists. Now, some of the 12 finalists were kind of uh, surprising. Also in the running. Uh, were four other competitive games, Battleship, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, the Settlers of Catan, uh, Mahjong, and Billiards, as well as Cabbage Patch Kids, Masters of the Universe, Fisher-Price Corn Popper, and the Toy Fire Engine, and the Pinata. All those are strong. I'm actually, I'm really surprised that uh, Cabbage Patch Kids are not in there already. I assumed a, a mm -hmm. toy that was that big... And granted, it it wasn't that big forever, but there was that moment in the '80s yeah. where that was people were paying thousands of dollars for one of those dolls. Yeah, that was the first really big yeah. uh, trend. This reminds me. Do you guys remember in the JJ French interview, uh, the guitarist, the Twisted Sister, said that the Rock and Roll Roll Hall of Fame was not legitimate until Kiss was inducted. Yeah, yeah. and I kind of feel the same way about Cabbage Patch yeah. Kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. For, for me, they are yeah. very much the the Kiss of uh of toys hey i wanted to ask you guys real quick so so th this is so this made me think of you know christmas toys made me think of things that kids covet for christmas and that made me think of a christmas story so 
This week, they released a trailer for the new, I don't know if you guys have seen this, there's a new movie coming out called like 8-Bit Christmas, and it's got uh, Neil Patrick Harris in it. He's a dad who tells about the, the Christmas in the 80s where all he wanted was the Nintendo Entertainment System. And it, it, it's all told through flashbacks. So it's, what I said is it's, it kind of feels like it's a little bit a Christmas story. It's a little bit of Princess Bride. And it's a little bit Willy Wonka. There's kind of all those elements squished into this thing about the Nintendo. It actually looks pretty fun. It's a PG movie. It's, it's a family movie. But it looks like it could be a good time. I said to my team at work that that's what it reminded me of was those three films squished together. And that sparked a debate on whether or not a Christmas story is a good movie or just weird. And the parties were pretty well divided between, oh, no, it's a classic, and no, it's just a weird movie. That's a strange, the whole leg thing, The it's just a very strange movie. So I'm curious with you guys, do you fall classic or do you fall weird when it comes to a Christmas story? Steve, you go first. I love a Christmas story. I I like all the little pieces of it. I think it's a well-written piece by Gene Shepard. Um, I like all the characters in it. I like the way everything kind of comes together and it really has a bunch of Americana in it. I mean, it really jams a lot of Americana into it. I don't think it's weird, but I do have members of my extended family that are like, I don't get it where everybody else is like, Oh, it's the best. But like, there's one person in my family that I like a lot. Who's like, I don't understand this at all. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I get, I get that, that it's out there and, and, but it, I, I'm, I'm in the camp of I, I love it. I really think it's a, it's a fantastic Christmas film. Tracy, you? I, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's both. I think it's weird, <laughs> yeah. which makes it memorable. Uh, but it definitely falls in as a classic uh, story for me because it, it, uh, I think it captures that age, and I think that's the golden age of Christmas when we're actually. When when there's always this sort of traditional idea of what like the an old fashioned Christmas is. Yeah. And so that's usually something like post World War Two, but, you know, like around the Korean War era. And uh, that seems to be kind of the the heyday of Christmas. And it really just kind of falls right in there. And uh, even though it is weird and it's unconventional, it's uh, it's an endearing film. So it falls very classic for me. All right. Yeah, I, I was I was. I think I'm with you, Tracy. I fall towards the classic side of things. I don't seek out a Christmas story every year, but if it's on, I will always leave it on. It's one of it's almost like the it's it's better quality than ninety nine point nine percent of the stuff on Hallmark Channel. But I'm saying in terms of similar, like if I want holiday spirit background noise to be on and that's on, I will and if it's a marathon where they're playing it twenty times in a row, I'll just leave it on and let it play throughout the day because it's something you can kind of dip in and dip out of and and feel good about Christmas. His little brother's weird, and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, there's portions of that movie that are better to remember than yeah. they are better yeah. than to see, and I think that's uh, that's the case. Uh, so uh, a point about these toys, if you want to nominate a toy into the National Toy Hall of Fame, anyone can nominate a toy, but it must uh, to be considered, but they must uh, have withstood the test of time and memory, changed play or toy design, and fostered learning, creativity, and discovery. So, without knowing anything about what's in or out of the Toy Hall of Fame, if I had to nominate one toy based on the criteria that Tracy just mentioned, it could already be in there. I don't know. I don't know the, the Toy Hall of Fame well enough. I would say Transformers. And I say that because of how popular they were and because of the effect that they had on toys in general, the impact that they had on toys in general and how much they skewed 
like Transformers being cool for kids and Transformers sort of taking off and the, and having a movie and all that that spawned so many other things and slowly started sort of building this momentum to where now we have Marvel superhero movies that are very common. Whereas that would have been seen as something that was, you know, nobody wants to watch a comic book movie. Come on. And Transformers was part of that sort of that crew that helped change the perception of pop culture when it came to things like that. So I'm curious, Tracy, how about you? Do you have a toy that you would, you would, that would be your first vote into the hall of fame? I think sand shows up pretty high <laughs> on there and uh, definitely uh, mud. Mud yeah. also does <laughs> and uh, and us uh, and uh, large, uh, large uh, teddy bears. Such a jackass. Steve, how about you? Uh, Legos, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd say Legos is pretty big because, you know, just the building aspect and and starting to think about things in three dimensions and putting things together and structure. Legos are ridiculously expensive. That's the only reason I would I would veto your vote. They should yeah. not be that expensive for those plastic. You can uh, make. They, uh, they I'll show you a website where you can yeah. uh, make uh, Legos out of sand. I'll send oh, that wonderful! To you. I can't yeah. wait. Or That's the news, fellas. All right, we're going to wrap things up. I did want to mention before we get out of here that, uh, and this is more for Tracy and Steve than it is for people listening, but it gives you something to look forward to as well. First week of December, I'm gone. I'm in New York. I got to travel for business again. So first week of December, you two are left up to your own devices to try and get a show up. And mm -hmm. it's always, for me, I know the listeners don't get to see this, but for me, it's almost as much of a treat to to see what goes into trying to get the show together as it is listening to the show itself. Because I see the back and forth between Steve and Tracy leading up to the show, the night of the show. Then I see the messages saying, well, shit, that didn't work. Let's go ahead and try it again tomorrow or maybe this weekend. And then it becomes a thing. So I'm excited for the back channeling, but I'm also excited for what that show will be once it does get posted. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be an interesting segment. So uh, first week of December, be ready for that. Until then, Steve, do you have anything else? Uh, nothing, nothing good. All right, Tracy, how about you? I'll be looking forward to moving my desk into the uh, closet yeah. soon. All yeah. right. All right. Well, then, for Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show. <laughs> <laughs>